in just a moment, the good life. But what is the good life? It is the life worth striving for, the life worth building, the kind of life which, when you attain it, indicates you are a success, you have arrived. It is the life about which you are unashamed before God. Let me tell you about a woman I met 45 years ago. Jenny was a Bible teacher who led Bible studies for women living on Lake Shore Drive in Chicago. These ladies lived at addresses and enjoyed lifestyles other people could only dream of. I have never forgotten the secret Jenny told us about these women she taught who had it all. She said, these are very unhappy people because they have what others long for all their lives, but having it all, they are still not happy. They are miserable and they don't know where else to turn. The Bible addresses this dilemma. It is the dilemma of a faulty concept of the good life. The good life is not what you think. The good life is different from what most people strive for. And until we know what it is, we will never find it. A recent event makes this point for us. Just this past week, we learned that Bill and Melinda Gates, the richest couple in the world, are headed for divorce. Talk about people having it all. Let's remember who we're talking about here. The couple is worth an estimated $124 billion. The Gates' home in Seattle is valued at upwards of $131 million. They are very private about their lives and no films are available of the house and its environs. Just getting a tour of this place was auctioned off to one lucky fellow. It cost him $35,000 to just look around. As of 1995, this 66,000-square-foot home on the shore of Lake Washington included a spa, a 60-foot pool, a gym paneled with stone from a mountain peak in the Pacific Northwest, a trampoline room, and a stream for salmon, trout, and other fish. And of course, it is tricked out electronically like no other home in the world. But as with the rich and beautiful women on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago, the good life has eluded Mr. and Mrs. Gates. What went wrong? Does the Bible address these issues? Providing us the help we need to move into the neighborhood of the good life, even if we will never live next door to Bill and Melinda Gates. This week's readings address these issues for us. Let's think of the good life as a three-legged stool. 
if that stool is missing any one of these legs, there is nowhere for the good life to sit. None of the legs are any good without the other two. But these three legs provide the guidance we need to find a stable, good life for ourselves, the life that really satisfies. Let's look at the first leg. The first leg of the good life is productivity and profit. It is the good life as the ladies of Lakeshore Drive imagined it. Al-Parashah describes it this way. I will turn towards you, make you productive, increase your numbers, and uphold my covenant with you. You will eat all you want from last year's harvest and throw out what remains of the old to make room for the new, end quote. This is not bad. After all, this is Torah. This is God's description of the good life, in part, that is. And that's the problem, isn't it? This is the good life of the women on Lakeshore Drive. This is the good life of Bill and Melinda Gates. But to provide the life that really satisfies, this kind of good life is just not good enough. It is a stool with one leg and it can't sustain us. People who think this is enough have a bigger barns mentality. The name comes from one of Yeshua's parables about a man who had a kind of one-legged view of the good life. And in the parable, Yeshua not only shows us the first leg of the good life, but also the second leg of the good life. Let's look at it for a moment. There's the parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. He thought he had the good life, or at least that he was nearly there. He had the first leg of the good life and thought he had it made. But Yeshua tells us this rich man was really a rich fool. We read, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be. For whoever stores up things for himself or for themselves and is not rich toward God. There you have the first two legs of the good life. Productivity is the first. And intimacy with God is the second. The rich fool was not wrong to be rich. The ladies on Lakeshore Drive were not wrong to have lots of money. And Bill Gates 
and Melinda Gates are not wrong to have all that money. It's not wrong to be rich. If I were a rich man. What the rich fool got wrong was he was storing up things for himself while failing to invest in his relationship with God. He was building a one-legged stool and it would never hold him up. And a one-legged stool won't hold us up either. Today's parashah described the first leg of the good life, which is productivity. It also describes the second leg, intimacy with God. We read this, I will put my tabernacle among you, and I will not reject you. But I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would not be their slaves. I have broken the bars of your yoke so that you can walk upright. Productivity is good. It's a blessing from God. But don't be a fool. This is not enough. This second Torah passage shows us that the good life also requires that we have an intimate relationship with the creator of all. Torah describes this as his putting his tabernacle among us, coming to live with us. He speaks of walking among us and being the God who owns us as his own, laying claim to us as his people. The text speaks of his having redeemed us, freeing us from slavery and breaking the bars of our yokes so that we might walk upright. God has set us free, restoring to us life as it always should have been. The good life that satisfies is one of ongoing intimate relationship with the God who claims us as his own and who sets us free so that we can walk upright with a redeemed sense of identity. So far, we have found two legs of the stool of the good life, but these are not enough in themselves. You can't sit on a two-legged stool any more than you can sit on a one-legged stool. The Torah describes the third leg as well. The third leg requires that we live out our lives demonstrating concern and kindness toward others. Without this kind of lifestyle, we are not living the good life. One leg is missing, without which the other two will do us no good. Aparasha illustrates this for us. We read this. If a member of your people has become poor so that he can't support himself among you, you ought to assist him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident so that he can continue living with you. Do not charge him interest or otherwise profit from him, but fear your God so that your brother can continue living with you. Do not take interest when you loan him money or take a profit when you sell him food. I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt 
in order to give you the land of Canaan and be your God. The Holy One expects us to treat our own people with concern and kindness and to treat the foreigner and the temporary resident with concern and kindness as well. We must show kindness and concern, not only to our own, for our buddies, for our kind, however we might define that, but also others, here, the foreigner and the resident alien. This is the third leg of the good life. It is just as essential as intimacy with God. That's why Yeshua said that the two great commandments, not just one. In our Haftarah, Jeremiah offers his amen to what we have been learning today. Here is what he says. Blessed are those who trust in Adonai. Adonai will be their security. This is intimacy. They will be like a tree planted near water. It spreads out its roots by the river. It does not notice when heat comes and its foliage is luxuriant. It is not anxious in a year of drought, but keeps on yielding fruit. This is productivity. I, Adonai, search the heart. I test inner motivations in order to give to everyone what his actions and conduct deserve. A partridge hatches eggs it did not lay. Like this are those who get rich unjustly. In the prime of life, their wealth will desert them. In the end, they will prove to be fools. This is the third leg. The socially righteous person will not gain riches unjustly but lives with concern and kindness for his fellow human. The word of God is probing us today and asking us three questions. Question number one, what are we doing to add productivity to our lives? What are we producing? Or are we simply amusing ourselves the good life is a productive life. So with the help of God, let's get it together. And within the range of your talents, your abilities and possibilities, be productive. This doesn't necessitate getting rich or even earning money. Being productive ultimately means making a positive difference in the world wherever we can and however we can. This is the first leg of the good life. Without this, the stool of the good life will not stand. Question number two, what are we doing to walk in step with God in our lives? That is, what are we doing to pursue intimacy with him? Are you prayerfully and regularly reading his word? Are you making time to be available only to him? Too many people are satisfied that they met God, that sometime in the past they came to believe or had an encounter with him. 
God is not asking us today if we have met him. He is asking if we are walking with him. Are we seeking to live out of an ongoing companionship with the Holy One? This is the second leg of the good life. Without this, the stool of the good life will not stand. Question number three. How responsive are you and me to the needs of others? Are you kind? Are you concerned in how you deal with other people? Not just your kind, not just your crowd, but all kinds of people. Do you mind your own business? Or do you realize with Jacob Marley that the well-being of mankind is your business? Is your life making a positive difference in the lives of others around you? This is the third leg of the good life. Without this, the stool of the good life will not stand. And so I invite you to consider these three legs of the stool of the good life. Now I'm going to show you a, a little brief review of where we have been. Bear with me for a moment. And uh, I'll show you a visual review of what we've been looking at. This will take a mo, and you will bear with me because of the wonders of modern science. I've got to uh, stop sharing for a moment. Just hold on one bat moment. All right, we don't want that. We want here we are. Okay, we're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing just fine. Okay. Here we are. The good life and God's three-legged stool. When we talk about the good life, we're talking about the life that truly satisfies. And we learned that it's not what most people think. It's not what the ladies on Lakeshore Drive thought. It's not completely the same as what Bill and Melinda Gates think, although they're very much involved in taking care of the needs of other people. I'll give them credit. They're very generous. They're not, they're not people who hoard their wealth, and I give them a lot of credit for that. It's not the good life of the rich fool who thought, hey, man, I got a maid. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. I'm not just going to chill. And I, he, he was a fool. There's a three-legged stool of the good life that we looked at today. These three things. The good life is a productive life. You're not just taking up space. You're not just amusing yourself. You're making a difference in the world. In whatever area you're going, your difference in the world may just be being a compassionate friend to people. There's, there's a limitless number of ways in which we can make a positive difference in the world. 
So don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to the way you could be making a difference in other people's lives. The good life is a productive life. The good life is a life of intimacy with God. You can have a very productive life. And if you ignore God, you're like the rich fool that Yeshua talked about. You're a fool. So productivity, intimacy with God, and kindness and concern for all, not just your crowd. The Bible said, you, you should take care of your poor brother just as you take care of the foreigner and the resident alien. That's fantastic to me. The assumption of Torah is that you will take care of the foreigner and the resident alien. The assumption is, of course, you will take care of them. And therefore, you should take care of your brother who is poor, just the same as you take care of these people, these foreigners. We're far from that in our day. But kindness and concern for all is a necessary leg of the three-legged stool of the good life. And we looked at three questions. What are we doing to add productivity to our lives? Secondly, what are we doing to walk in step with God in our lives? And finally, how responsive are we to the needs of others? Are we kind and concerned with all kinds of people? Finally, let's live productively in intimacy with God and with kindness and concern for all. That is our three-legged stool. That stool won't stand if you omit one of the legs. May God add his blessing to the presentation of his word. Join me for a moment in prayer. We pause to give thanks to you, God, that you've not left us in the dark, that you have revealed yourself to us in the history of our people, in the creation of the universe, in your holy and true word, which never ceases to be a source of fascination and marvel. There is nothing like it. And of course, most preeminently, you revealed yourself to us most personally in Yeshua, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Lord, you have turned the light on. Help us to open our eyes. We ask in Messiah's name. Amen and Shabbat Shalom. Well, we come now to the Alenu. Please bear with me while I track it down.